When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Hey, to play fantasy. Today's episode is brought to you by Flex Fantasy, and they want me to relay a message to you that they have cracked open the game of fantasy football to all. When you sign up for a free account and download the Flex Fantasy app, you can import all your teams from all your leagues across multiple platforms that you play on. Spice up your fantasy playing experience by challenging league mates or strangers off the street to a fantasy matchup no matter how or where they play. And put your money where your mouth is by placing a wager on your head-to-head matchup. It doesn't matter if you are on Yahoo and your opponent is on Sleeper. You can import your teams to Flex Fantasy to face off. You can even make wagers on who you think will win between other challenges besides your own. So sign up for a free account and download the app to try it out at flex.com. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome back, everybody, to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. It's a Sunday fun day recap of week 13, which includes the Thursday and the Sunday afternoon games, as it always does. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. I want to thank you guys for tuning in our YouTube channel. Subscribe if you have not done so already. That way you get notified whenever we have new content available to you, which is Monday through Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern. And check us out on your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with the show when you're on the go. We're available to you everywhere. If you give us a five-star review, it can really help us be able to help you. So like I said, it is a Sunday fun day recapping. 
There is a lot to go over. We only had two teams on by, so we had a jam-packed window. Next week will be a bit of a different story, but I say all in all, while we had some big performances, and that's always exciting to talk about, we will in just a minute because we have our Thumpers and Bummers segment to go over first to kick off the show. There was a lot of big name injuries. Um, so thankfully, we do have Brian Scott coming back again this Wednesday to talk about some of this stuff and what he expects, our medical expert on the Injured List podcast. But I got to tell you, there's going to be a lot of fantasy shakeup moving forward. And that's not really what you want to have, especially not in a negative light when you're one regular season game away from heading to the playoffs. Like teams who are in first place or looking good could have just had their entire fantasy seasons turned upside down just before they're about to make headway in the playoffs. So it's, ugh, it could be ugly for some people out there. We'll, we'll get through it and we'll try to help you out as we move along, especially, you know, tomorrow's show when we have the waiver saviors segment and tomorrow's, you know, episode during Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern on our YouTube channel. Of course, you'll be able to catch it the next day on our podcast app. We'll be able to help you out as much as best we can, but some of these, uh, it got a little, it got a little gruesome. So, Let's get to it. I know it's not an exciting way to necessarily kick it off, but we'll make it more exciting for you here by co- talking about some of the thumpers and bummers of the afternoon and Thursday games. So let's start off with the quarterback thumpers. Quarterback thumpers. This is Sparta! How about Geno Smith? I mean, 367 yards, three touchdowns, interception. And I had him outside my top 12, not because I didn't think, you know, Gino doesn't deserve to be inside the top 12 more weeks than not, and not because I think the Rams are a scary matchup on paper, but we had the process of because the Rams, from all indications, could be just mailing it in, and they didn't. They played a competitive game in this one. That's what led to Geno Smith having a stat line they did, also accompanied by the fact that Kenneth Walker, and we'll talk more about that later, got hurt and because of that, he was knocked out of this game early. So they were not able to control this game with the running game like I thought they might be able to heading into the matchup, which led to this game being more competitive, which led to Geno Smith having to throw the ball more than we necessarily expected him to be able to do. But coming in big time, if you played him, because you know what? He's been a top 12 guy for you. You didn't really have a better option. He paid off in a huge way with a really nice stat line, finishes number three quarterback for the Thursday and Sunday afternoon matchups. Quarterback bummers. Uh, well, I will say this. This is a this is a bittersweet thing. So on one hand, we didn't have Aaron Rodgers ranked inside the top 12, and, and most people did it, and most people have kind of moved on from the idea that he could be a fantasy asset to them this season. But if you're sitting there and you're looking for streaming quarterbacks and you're thinking to yourself, well, it's Chicago. If there ever was a week that he could still be fantasy relevant, it would be Chicago, right? And even though they won the game... Rodgers still only had 182 yards and one touchdown. Complete bummer on the week. I hope I hope this didn't affect too many people, but you never really know given the matchup and what the quarterback situation has been for some folks out there. Quarterback thumpers. This is Sparta! I think we're starting to see Joe Burrow take that next step up and truly be somebody that we have to consider amongst the names of Apache Mahomes of a Josh Allen, elite quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think Joe Burrow is approaching that. Whenever he has Jamar Chase out there on the field, not like Chase had a big game in this one, but Joe Burrow looked every bit as good as Patrick Mahomes out there on Sunday. 286 yards, two touchdowns. 
and wasn't afraid to use his legs in this one. 46 yards on the ground with a rushing touchdown to boot. A quarterback draw five yards out. Joe Burrow is really special, and I don't see any way in which you're benching him the rest of the season, especially as long as he has all of his weapons available to him. Remember, this game, they didn't even have Joe Mixon available. Oof. This offense could be dangerous. Cincinnati starting to hit their peak at the right time after starting off the season rough. And Joe Burrow, man, oh, man, he has to be in your fantasy lineups every single week as a top five, I was going to say top six, but maybe, maybe even a top five, top four quarterback the rest of the way. Quarterback bummers. Yeah, so Kirk Cousins, we did not have Kirk Cousins inside our top 12. Remember, our rankings are on BillyFantasySports.com, and they get updated throughout the weekend. So make sure you check them out. If you need help with your start sick questions, you can hit us up on social media at Show. Just a little, you know, little plug for you guys there. But Cousins, 173 yards and a touchdown. It's a weird game. Minnesota, I got to give them credit. It's never pretty. It's never pretty. But they find ways to just win games at the end, no matter what's the situation, no matter who they're playing. Whether it's an inferior team or a good team, they, they seem to play the same way, which is they try to pull it out towards the end. That's exactly what they did. As a result of that, we don't really see the high prolific numbers we have seen sometimes in the past out of Kirk Cousins. There are going to be some good games. There are going to be some bad games. He has a better matchup next week, so that'll be a big thing. The Jets defense has been really good, but... Cousins, who's been hovering in that top 12 area, it's not inconceivable to think that there's a number of people out there who maybe felt like they didn't have a better choice but to play Kirk Cousins this week. And 173 yards of a touchdown, that is, just, that is not going to get the job done. Quarterback thumpers. This is Sparta! The thunderous kick of all goes to Jalen Hurts. You want to talk about a cheat code at the quarterback position. 380 yards through the air. Three passing touchdowns. He hits my player prop, by the way, because I had him on the over at two and a half. I also called. We'll talk about that in a second. But I called A.J. Brown getting two touchdowns against the Tennessee Titans. And, of course, Hurts gets taxed on another passing touchdown and taxed on a rushing touchdown to boot. Jalen Hurts is just so good. And with the Eagles... Last couple of weeks, they went through like a little bit of a dry spell, and now all of a sudden, they're getting back to maybe a little bit more up-tempo, and the Eagles are trusting Hurts again. He's throwing the ball a little bit better. Remember to get Dallas Goddard back soon, so that only boosts up Hurts and his weapons and what he'll have available to him. Oh, man. This guy just continues to be a top three, maybe consider be top two quarterback arrested away for fantasy football purposes. Thumper, number one thumper of the week here. Quarterback bummers. Our number one bummer, and I don't really feel too bad about this because we did warn you guys that this could be a problem. Deshaun Watson, who for us, you know, came in well outside our top 12, borderline of our top 16, didn't really want to stream him. But I understood that if you had picked up Deshaun Watson, if you had drafted Deshaun Watson, you held him this whole time thinking that this was going to be your key. This was going to be the guy that you go from streaming quarterbacks to having potentially a top 10 quarterback for your fantasy football playoffs, you felt the need to probably play him against the Houston Texans. I understand, but we knew there's going to be a lot of rust to have to shake off in this one. And he just did not look, it wasn't just rust. He didn't look good throwing the ball. The ball didn't look good coming out of his hands. It almost looked like he was like shot putting the ball, his shoulder, like the ball wasn't coming out well. It didn't even look like he was throwing it with that much velocity, with that much arm talent. It, it, it was more just rust out there. He was all around terrible. 131 yards, a pick. Did have 21 rushing yards. 
We know Deshaun Watson's talent from before, and I was suspected this gets better over the next few weeks. But until we actually see him improve, I don't know if you're going to be able to trust this. And that's how bad of a performance this one was. Now you have to question what you even have in Watson moving forward. Running back thumpers. This is Sparta! There was only two running backs from the Thursday and Sunday afternoon slate. 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 Excuse me. That actually got over 100 yards rushing. And Samaja Pirine was actually one of those guys. He gets 106 yards rushing, also tacks on seven targets, six receptions for 49 yards. Yes, he didn't score, but he still winds up being our number three thumper of the week. It wasn't a big running back week. That's part of it. The other part of it, though, is Joe Mixon wound up being inactive, was never able to clear concussion protocol. So now we have to wait another week potentially for him to be able to come back. But in his stead, Samaja Perrine has been terrific as far as his replacement value. So hopefully if you didn't have Joe Mixon, you did have Samaja Perrine. That's going to be the guy moving forward. And he's able to come in and give you what you need with a really nice performance in this one, making him a very nice thumper on the week. Running back bummers. Yeah, we're going to, we do this, we record this show on Sunday night and it airs Monday night because we keep, we want to keep the same schedule Monday through Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern. And just, that's just give you a little look behind the curtain as far as what's going on. The reason I bring that up is because for this running back bummer, we're going to have to go back and do some research. And I, I watched the majority of this game between the Dolphins and the 49ers, but Jeff Wilson to only get one carry for three yards. And at no point really got reported with an injury. Now, yes, the Dolphins kind of abandoned the running game almost altogether, but Raheem Mostert still had seven carries in this game. You at least knew Mostert was on the field. Jeff Wilson was hardly even on the field in this game. So we're going to have to go back. We're going to do some research here to figure out what in the hell just happened. Maybe we'll get some information moving forward throughout the week. And, of course, if we do, we'll we'll post that on social media at BillyFMDFF Show. But Jeff Wilson only got three yards. This is somebody we consider to be a flex option, not a, not a guy with a big ceiling or anything like that, but somebody you could at least put in your lineups and expect something. <laughs> like, that's what we thought we had on our hands here. And, ooh, man, three yards, that's it? You're depending on him to be a big contributor, but if you had him in your flex position because you had nobody better, you're expecting more than three yards. You're expecting to be involved in the game plan. So we're going to have to do some research to see exactly what happened moving forward. Running back thumpers. Here's a name I wasn't sure we're ever going to have back in the running back thumpers list again, and that's DeAndre Swift. 62 yards on the ground, scores a touchdown, gets six targets, four catches, 49 yards, only played one less snap than Jamal Williams. I pointed out heading into this week from last week that it finally looked like it was at least returning to a positive note where he had he did have double-digit touches in the Thanksgiving game. He was playing closer to the amount of snaps of a Jamal Williams. It was still going to be annoying. It was still going to be an issue. We weren't expecting him to get a huge workload, but it does look like it at least gotten back to the point where he's in a committee with Jamal Williams and having the pass-catching role to himself and being used as the lightning back to Jamal Williams' thunder. And he does what he does best, which he just finds a way to score. Like, even though Jamal Williams is usually the guy who comes inside the five-yard line, Swift somehow finds the end zone on a pretty consistent basis. So this game gives you a lot of reason to think that DeAndre Swift not only 
can be back in your lineups if he wasn't already, but can actually be played with confidence moving forward that he's at least part of the game plan now. And the Detroit offense in general is starting to trend back closer to the direction of which we saw in the beginning of the season too, which has to give you a lot of hope as well. So good vibes all around for DeAndre Swift, and he comes in as our number two running back thumper of the week. Running back bummers. I warned you guys that I wasn't sure it was going to be this week or not, but I warned you guys if Jordan Davis gets activated for the Philadelphia Eagles, this is a much different defense as a whole, but in particular, you can't run on them if Jordan Davis is active for the Eagles, especially not on first and second down. He sometimes comes off the field when they're pass rushing, but (laughs) there was no greater test than against Derrick Henry who only had 30 yards rushing, three targets, two receptions, eight yards. It just did not go his way. Now, obviously, better days will be ahead for Derrick Henry. But if you were in crucial playoff moments and you had Derrick Henry and you need him to be your RB1 because that's what gives you a chance, unfortunately for you, it was not happening. And that's because Jordan Davis is back for the Philadelphia Eagles. Look out if you got the Eagles on your schedule and you have a running back. It is not going to go your way. Running back thumpers. This is Sparta! So after it felt like he hit an all-time low with the San Francisco 49ers last week, he bounces back up to having his second-best game since becoming a San Francisco 49er. And, of course, we're talking about Christian McCaffrey as our number one running back thumper for the Sunday Fun Day recap. 66 yards on the ground, but 10 targets eight catches, 80 yards, and he does score in this game as well. And that was with Brock Purdy as the starting quarterback, which unfortunately, we weren't going to say this for the notes, but we'll get into what it all means at least. Unfortunately, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be out for the rest of the season with a broken foot. So that means it's going to be Brock Purdy the rest of the way. So at least gives you comfort. And a couple of things. Elijah Mitchell out. That means Christian McCaffrey does get more work. Jordan Mason was worked in, but not to the same pace of an Elijah Mitchell. And it also tells you that with Brock Purdy there, check down city is going to be very much on the table. Christian McCaffrey is going to benefit from that too. So if he's not giving you a ton of yardage on the ground, that's okay. Because we're back to McCaffrey getting you over 100 yards from scrimmage on a pretty consistent basis and still being a threat to score any given week. He had a really great week in this one. And that's what we have to look forward to, hopefully, now with the situation surrounding San Francisco in the next over the next few weeks during your, your fantasy football playoffs. Running back bummers. So we had him as a borderline flex play. And, you know, it was a tough matchup against Denver. But Gus Edwards, I'm sure, was still started in a number of leagues as a flex play with the possibility of scoring a touchdown. Should be the lead guy in the Ravens. He has that chance, and you're trying to go for that touchdown upside. And not only did you not get the score, but you only got 12 yards on the ground. Now, of course, the Lamar Jackson injury, which we don't have a timeline on as of yet, but kind of sounds to me like one game, if not two, at the minimum, are on the table for him to miss here. We'll have to see how this works out. You were expecting Lamar Jackson to go, and that opens things up for Gus Edwards. Now, the offense doesn't dramatically change as far as its style with Tyler Huntley. But it changes enough where things kind of get moved out to the side. Gus Edwards winds up not being that involved. And everyone's ceiling just kind of has to get lowered a little bit when you move from Lamar Jackson to Tyler Huntley. And you got left with a guy that would potentially could have been your flex with only 12 yards and no catches. 
our number one running back bummer for the Sunday Fun Day recap. Wide receiver thumpers. This is Sparta! Oh yeah, our thumper, our number three thumper. We had we had wide receivers go off left and right, <laughs> like just left and right. Wide receivers went off. Devontae Adams, 12 targets, 8 catches, 177 yards, and 2 touchdowns. Since the Raiders have decided, you know what? Waller's out, Renfro's out, the hell with everybody else. Only Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs get to test get to touch the ball ever. <laughs> Adams has been unreal with what he's 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 Green Bay Packers, Devontae Adams. Derek Carr's been playing better. Raiders suddenly on a little bit of a winning streak here. <laughs> it's crazy the kind of production you'd be getting out of Adams on a consistent basis and has a huge game in this one against the Chargers. Running back, wide receiver bummers. Getting overly excited, hitting the wrong drops here. Yes, one of our bummers of the week, Van Jefferson. Four targets, two catches, 39 yards, and that was it and he's probably going to wind up being one of my zeros of the week as well we did have him ranked inside the top 30 and I kept saying if John Wolford's the quarterback there's at least a chance for one of these wide receivers to get a heavy amount of work and my money was going to be on Van Jefferson now again I thought this game strip was going to go a little bit differently but regardless he still doesn't only get four targets there's no Allen Robinson out there there's no Cooper Cup it's just him and Ben Skoronek and uh the hopes of Van Jefferson could be something for fantasy kind of just went out the window with this one. And four targets, who catches 39 yards. Oh, that's a bummer of the week. And a guy that, even if you didn't have him ranked as high as me, was ranked inside the top 36 amongst ECR. So a lot of people probably did play him as an emergency flex or wide receiver three in their lineup. Wide receiver thumpers. This is Sparta! I said he was going to get two touchdowns at least all week Long and he did just that. AJ Brown in a revenge game against the Tennessee Titans, who he felt low balled him, and you could tell he had a little extra animosity in this game. He gets 10 targets, eight catches, 110 yards, and two touchdowns in a blowout win for the Philadelphia Eagles, which is impressive considering the Tennessee Titans are no slouch. But I said this before with Caleb Farley out, this Titans defense is not the same. So AJ Brown able to take full advantage of that with amazing. His second touchdown was an amazing contested catch. Amazing throw by Jalen Hurts because he squeezed it right in between AJ Brown and the defender. That's number one. But for Brown to have be locked arm in arm with the defender and still come down with that ball without breaking a sweat. Oh man, that was an impressive play. And he comes as our number two wide receiver thumper of the week. Wide receiver bummers. So Adam Dillon was outside my top 36, but most people still play him as a wide receiver three. They still play him as a flex play. I just didn't like the matchup for him against the Jets. I mean, the Jets are really good on the outside, in the perimeter corners, and Jefferson gets moved around. We knew he's, he's going to play inside. He's going to move outside. They're going to they're gonna feature Justin Jefferson. The guy who gets relegated now to the outside is Adam Thielen. And as a result to that, when he gets these tougher matches, gets these tougher corners, Mm, he doesn't really do too much, and he did nothing hardly in this game, only getting you six targets, two catches for 27 yards. Adam Thielen's very much a matchup-dependent player moving forward. Wide receiver thumpers. This is Sparta! 
Oh, another one of our big-time thumpers of the week, Amon Ross St. Brown. 12 targets, 11 catches, 114 yards, and two touchdowns. He's back on track. We kept waiting for it to happen. The volume was there, but it looked like teams were doing a decent job of taking him away. But since guys like DJ Chark have gotten healthy and Josh Reynolds have gotten healthy, and we even saw the debut of Jameson Williams in this game, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoiced. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. He suddenly has gone back to what we were used to seeing in the second half of last year, the beginning of this season. A guy who looks like he is emerging as a star wide receiver, getting back on track with his production because defenses can't just sit there and key on him all the time. And they're still doing a good job of moving him around, of course, and featuring within the offensive scheme, too. It doesn't hurt. Of course, Jared Goff liking his bigger body slot receivers also doesn't hurt. So Ahmad Rossi Brown is back and proud to be a top-notch, top-six wide receiver one for me the rest of the season. Wide receiver bummers. Zay Jones. Zay Jones, again, another guy we did not have inside our top 36. We're not expecting him to have the same kind of performance he did in week 12. And I know a lot of people, though, especially in full point PPR leagues, they looked at, you know, the amount of catches and targets that he can get sometimes on a per game basis, looked at the matchup against the Detroit Lions and thought to themselves, hey, why not say Jones? And probably played him confidently as their wide receiver threes or as their flexes. And seven targets, it's not too shabby, but two catches, 16 yards. This is a Christian Kirk show. He did go into this game a little bit banged up, too, not 100% healthy. But for the amount of people that probably started Zay Jones this week, Ooh, it's a really bad bummer for this one. Tight end thumpers. This is Sparta! We have to use tight end thumpers a little loosely <laughs> this week. The tight end position. If you're out there in a league and you have been trying to get your league mates to get rid of the tight end position and just turn it into a, a second flex or maybe at least like a, a wide receiver tight end flex position, this is the week to use as a prime example as to why that should be the case. Not that this season this season also should be a prime example for it, but this week in particular. Because while I do have three thumpers on my list, I don't really feel like any of them were actually thumper 
thumper material necessarily in any other given week. It was really bad this week. Really bad. I played a few leagues where we did actually get rid of the tight end position and thank goodness for it because teams are just not using them the same way and there aren't as many good ones as there was, you know, 10 years ago. And it's gotten to the point where it's it's kind of brutal. It's really not much different than kickers. And while I have kickers and I do like kickers in the league, because you're a tight end, you're you're pretty much a big wide receiver. There's no reason to have that. Move to a second flex position. That's just my sense for the day. But I guess I do have to give somebody as a thumper. So my number three thumper at the tight end position is Evan Ingram because he got a touchdown. He had seven targets, five catches, 30 yards. He got a touchdown. So he winds up being the number three scorer from the Thursday and Sunday afternoon slate. Tight end bummers. We have a lot more tight end bummers, and they actually fit the bill. Uh, Foster Moreau being one of them. Now, yes, Moreau did miss some time during the game while he was getting checked out for a concussion, but he cleared. Came back in. He was good to go, but only had three targets, one catch, 32 yards against a Charger team that is in the bottom four when it comes to tight end scoring. So Foster Moreau was a top eight guy for us, top 10 guy for most, and was considered one of the top streaming options for you to go to. And whew, he did basically nothing throughout this entire game. Tight end thumpers. This is Sparta! Again, another pretty weak thumper here, but uh, Noah Fant, who nobody played, <laughs> so it doesn't even help anybody out. Five targets, four receptions, 42 yards, and he happened to be one of the lucky few at the tight end position who got into the end zone. Tight end bummers. This is another guy you were actually hoping for some big production. I know I was too. Now, the Jimmy Garoppolo situation definitely changes that. And, of course, I probably wouldn't have nearly as high expectations had I known Brock Purdy was going to have to come in and take over at the quarterback position. But George Kittle, three targets, two catches, 22 yards on this matchup and what this game script on paper could have been and wasn't far off, by the way, from becoming. Yeah, that's not what you're looking for out of George Kittle, who can just, he can really... He can really just sink your lineup for a week because you're expecting so much more production out of him and where you drafted him to be. He's very important to most fantasy lineups with the way they're constructed. Hopefully he's not as much anymore because it's been such a roller coaster season. Ugh. But George Kill, definitely a tight end bummer of a week. Tight end thumpers. This is Sparta! So it's funny, after I completely wrote off this player, he, he has the number one thumper of the week. And I know that wasn't saying much, but still. Greg Dolchich, eight targets, six receptions, 85 yards. I guarantee you've tried to play him next week, he's going to completely bomb out. Because it wasn't like anything about this Denver Ravens game was impressive. But yeah, it just shows you, like, all right, he's still talented. He can maybe get involved. Jerry Judy was even back, so there's, you know, in practice, an ideal more mouths to feed, and yet uh, that didn't really wind up happening. It's nothing much to trust, but if you did play Greg Dolchich because you didn't have a better option, well, you're probably happy with the result because right now, before the you know primetime games go off, he's the number one tight end of the week with that performance, as sad uh, as that is to say, frankly. Tight end bummers. This is another guy that was in the top streaming options given the matchup and where his usage had been heading, and, and the usage was actually there, but Tyler Conklin didn't have the production you were looking for. He had eight targets. And if you tell me going into the game, hey, Tyler Conklin's going to get eight targets today, I'd be like, okay, here's a top 12 tight end for you. And that, that's kind of what we ranked him as. And that's kind of what we were expecting, but wasn't able to convert on any of these targets. Two catches, nine yards, that was it. Ugh, 
what a bummer performance that was. Thankfully, that does it for our thumpers and bummers. So what we're going to do now, take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we'll have our notes of the game for the Thursday and Sunday afternoon slate. So everybody stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back right after this. Football is back, baby. And our new sponsor, True Classic, wants you to look and feel your best even after a couple of brewskis or going full force on your fantasy football draft. Sure, it's football season, but it's also but the couch season. Luckily, True Classic has the absolute best-fitting clothing a man can buy. Snug in the arms and chest with a little extra space in the torso, their t-shirts are designed to keep you cozy and highlight your best assets no matter what you're up to. So if your special someone is upset that you're watching football all day, at least you can look good doing it. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men find a perfect fit at an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at trueclassic.com. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on skinny models with six-packs, but most of us aren't packing anything but a few beers. Fellas, you are wearing the wrong clothes. True Classic tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. It's time to highlight your best attributes with a t-shirt you can always confidently throw on. It's about time to get your fit together, so upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic and get 25% off at trueclassic.com with promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. If there's one bet you should make this football season, it's on True Classic. True Classic, look good, feel this is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome back in to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thanks for tuning in. It's a Sunday Fun Day recap for Week 13 here. That means the Thursday night and the Sunday afternoon games we want to talk about during this show. We just went through our thumpers and bummers of the week. Uh, so we'll we'll get into now the notes of the week, the notes of the games, and talk about what we learned and what we could take with us moving forward. If you have not done so already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for tuning in live on that, by the way. And if you want to stay up to date with the show when you're on the go, all you got to do is download us, the MD's Fantasy Football Show, on your favorite podcast app. We're available pretty much on every podcast app. And you can always give us that five-star Review as always. I'm your host Dan Mater, and I don't want to waste any time here because there's a lot to really talk about in some of these matchups. So let's go ahead and hit it for the notes of the game. I know, I know, I know. Little delay there on the uh, drop. I apologize. But what do we know? What do we know after coming out of week 13, heading into what is going to be a last final regular season matchup next week for week 14? What do we know? Well, we got to start off, of course, with the Thursday night game between the Buffalo Bills and New England Patriots. And frankly, the first note, the first thing that we learned that is new moving forward is that James Cook might be the guy emerging as the lead running back after all. Now, I still don't know and can't wrap my head around why on earth they traded for Naeem Hines, who had two carries for negative three yards in this game, by the way. I don't know why they made that move. 
I thought it was to be at the very least the pass catching back. I thought maybe it was because they didn't trust James Cook in pass protection. He wasn't going to emerge as a big contributor. But uh, the last couple of weeks have proven the exact opposite now. He was already trending closer towards Devin Singletary's type playing time. Not quite there yet. And there's not much to make of it because, again, it's the Buffalo Bills. And the rushing attack in general just get left out sometimes. And we've seen, you know, influctuations with some of their guys at different moments. But now this is a trend heading in one particular direction. And that direction is James Cook slowly taking over. And he's an explosive player. He'll never be the guy who gets all of the work. But he had 20 touches in this past game, 14 carries, six receptions on six targets, had over 100 yards from scrimmage, 105 to be exact. I mean, the only thing he didn't do is score a touchdown. And I can guarantee you this tomorrow, spoiler alert, when we go in our waiver saviors, he's going to be one of the running backs on our waiver wire report that you have to go ahead and go after. At the very least, heading into next week, I think we'll be considering James Cook a top 36 player, potentially. Uh, because now if he's going to out-carry Devin Singletary and only played, I, think, I believe, two or three less snaps than Devin Singletary, and he's going to now be involved in the passing game, which he was in this one. It's not like somebody got hurt for that to happen. James Cook, somebody we're going to have to take a close, hard look at and maybe winds up emerging as we go into our fantasy football playoffs. So James Cook should be on everyone's radar heading into next week, and it looks like he's emerging, and he's a big play type of player. So he's somebody who could actually be a home run threat, and win you potentially a week if he hits a big play. So James Cook, that's something new we learned in that one. Um, Allen, look, surprisingly didn't run. The Patriots very terrible against mobile quarterbacks. But the Bills, while the score was 24 to 10, this game was, it was not as close as the final score would indicate. Let's put it that way. The Buffalo Bills kind of got up early in this one, especially in the second quarter. And it never really felt like the Patriots were actually threatening to come back into this game. It just it just didn't. So I feel like they kind of just played it safe with Josh Allen, who only had 223 yards. He only had two touchdowns. He only threw the ball 33 times. And he just didn't run that much. Eight, eight times for 20 yards. That was it. The running game, actually, for the Bills was pretty effective, which is impressive considering the Patriots have been very, very stingy against teams running backs leading into this game. So, you know, hats off to them. Josh Allen, of course, better days are ahead. Just a disappointing matchup for this one. And then the other note that I have here is is Gabe Davis is falling for me. So, yes, he scored a touchdown, but still gets seven targets, which is it's okay. But six, seven targets seems to be the ceiling for him as far as his involvement goes. And the other problem with that is because, well, it's not really getting him. The targets aren't really set for him to be featured as in, He's not getting passes necessarily over the middle or plays designed for him to necessarily get targeted on any particular play. It's more Josh Allen's coming through his reads. And if he gets down to his second or third read, then maybe Gabe Davis is getting the ball thrown his way if it's not a shot play down the field. But because of that, he's just incredibly hit or miss. If you hit, if you played him, you got the touchdown. So your day was okay. But two catches and 15 yards on those seven targets. And that's been kind of the norm, unfortunately, for Gabe Davis. So somebody will still talk about hovering around that top 36-ish area just because he does have the big playability. This is the Buffalo Bills offense. However, I don't know how much you can play him. And they got some matchups coming up against tough defenses where I don't know if you're even going to want to bother. So Gabe Davis is actually falling for me despite scoring in this game. On the flip side, to talk about the Patriots, there's not much to talk about here. Ramondre Stevenson, you play him no matter what, no matter who what who they're playing. And while I didn't have a great game in this one, 
Still gets six tech, six catches for 24 yards on eight targets. Still gets 10 carries, 54 yards. Still was efficient there on the ground. We don't know exactly when Damian Harris is going to be back. You're playing Ramondre Stevenson no matter what. If they do anything offensively, it has to be through Ramondre Stevenson getting work done. Outside of that, if the Patriots play a team that is equal to or better than they are, especially on the defensive side of the ball, you can't trust that they're going to do anything because Matt Patricia is a moron. He does nothing to make anything easier for Mac Jones. Shocker, I know. We're not, but still, like it's the reality of what we have to deal with on a week-in, week-out basis. As a result to that, Jacoby Myers, who did get banged up off and on throughout this game, as he has for the past couple of weeks, he's kind of falling off to where I don't even know if we can call him necessarily a full-point PPR, safe floor, top 36 play, unless it's a very positive matchup. And anyway, and outside of Jacob, Jacoby Myers, we don't know what wide receivers even going to get involved. Is it going to be Taekwon Thornton? Is it going to be, you know, the special teamer Marcus Johnson or Marcus Jones in this game? Is, is it going to be Devontae Parker? Is it going to be Nelson Aguilar? We don't know. As a result of that, outside of Ramondre Stevenson, I don't want to touch New England Patriots, especially now that we're in crunch time for fantasy football season with one regular season game left and the playoffs the rest of the way. So, eh. Stevenson and, you know, nothing else when it comes out on New England. So let's move forward into Sunday afternoon where we had the Tennessee Titans and the Philadelphia Eagles. And on paper, we thought this was going to be a good game, a good physical game against two good teams. The Eagles just, <laughs> they just imposed their will on the Tennessee Titans. And that was it. Like I said, Jordan Davis comes back. This defense goes back to being one of the most elite defenses in the NFL. And it showed up when you're holding Derrick Henry for 2.7 yards per carry. And they can't really get him going in the offense. And, yeah, Traylon Burks, he has the touchdown in this game, 25 yards. Thank him for doing something for you before he left with a bad concussion injury. Now we'll have to wait to see, is he, is he going to be able to come back next week as a result? And that whole thing with the concussion protocol. And I have to say more times than not this year, guys have not been able to return the following week, unfortunately. So you probably won't have Traylon Burks, who is somebody who's been emerging for us you know, over these past few weeks, especially heading into crucial games, I've been I've been trusting him. We'll have to watch that. Better days are obviously ahead for Derrick Henry, but outside of Derrick Henry, you can kind of use this with the Patriot treatment. Outside of Derrick Henry, until Traylon Burks returns, whenever that may be, maybe it's next week, maybe it's the week after, whatever the case is, there's nothing fantasy-wise you care about for the Tennessee Titans. And on the Philadelphia Eagles side, well, we know what everybody is. The Philadelphia Eagles are nice because they are a good fantasy team, but there's not a lot of guesswork here involved. Jalen Hurts is awesome. And he can put up huge performances like he did this week, any given week. Because he has guys like A.J. Brown, of course, who had an awesome game. And Devonta Smith, who had a really good game in this one, too. Five catches, 102 yards, and a touchdown on eight targets in his own right. And it's funny, this performance that we got out of the Eagles, well, we weren't always expecting, like, you know, both of them go over 100 yards and get multiple scores or anything like that. I was anticipating that there would be a lot of target consolidation in the absence of Dallas Goddard. And I feel like it was like the first week we really got that performance we were looking for. Goddard's going to be back potentially next week because a lot of talk is that once he's off the IR, they expect him to come back and play in full like right away. Like he, he has his four weeks. They expect him to be fully healthy when he came back off of that. And he should be good to go. So it's positive for Hertz because it's just another weapon for him, of course. It might take away a little bit from Devonta Smith. It doesn't really change my value for A.J. Brown at all. And Dallas Goddard himself goes back to being a top six tight end. But we know where the ball is going to go. It's going to go to one of those three receivers. We know Miles Sanders, depending upon the matchup, will get his work. 
So you'll be able to go off of that. So it's just a lot of good things that you can take out of the Eagles moving forward because you know where the ball is going to go and you can trust your fantasy options on a week-in, week-out basis. And that that hasn't really changed all season long. So let's move into our next game. Some of the Jets and the Vikings and Mike White, you know, we're talking about him. Is he a, is he a starter? Is he a streamer? The volume might have gotten him there. He doesn't score in this game. He had two picks. So depending upon, you know, what your turnover ratio is, he might have he really killed you. But he did have the quarterback sneak rushing touchdown to kind of make up for that. So if you played him, he may not be the reason you lost if you, in fact, did. Because he still had 369 yards of the air and 57 pass attempts. And I keep going back to this. As long as it's not Zach Wilson, a quarterback, if it's Mike White, if it's Joe Flacco, the Jets might throw the ball 50 times. Like, that's in the, that's in the range of outcomes here, people. And it also goes to my point, because they lost this game 27-22, to 22, that their defense, while it's good, and there's a lot of good things to still like out of their defense again today, this is not a pushover defense by any means, no matter who they're playing. This is the first real, real test that they've had in a month. And they gave up 27 points. Now, the Vikings, all in all, they weren't an offensive juggernaut by any stretch of the means, but it just shows you that they're not quite amongst the elite elite yet. So you don't have to necessarily be petrified of them depending upon, you know, the type of offense that you're in. Just, you know, just some ideas that I saw from the game itself. From a fantasy standpoint, the high volume that is pretty much guaranteed by anybody who's not named Zach Wilson at the quarterback position is fantastic for guys like Garrett Wilson, who had a huge day. He had 15 targets and eight catches, 162 yards. And, you know, just gave us the kind of performance that we were frankly expecting against the Minnesota Vikings with a banged up secondary. Him to perform well. And that's exactly what he did. Outside of that, it was Corey Davis. Five catches, 85 yards on 10 targets. Ty Johnson, which we would expect the running backs to also get involved in the passing game, had seven targets in this one. And Zonovan Knight had five targets in this one and decent you know, catch rates as a result to that too. The guy who gets left out yet again was Elijah Moore. Tyler Conklin too, but in the tight end position, we know that can be hit or miss to begin with. But Elijah Moore, who we thought maybe, you know, Chris, I know, pointed out that he's been playing more of the slot receiver, but I really, that's the circumstantial. He only plays the slot if they're not featuring Garrett Wilson. If they want Garrett Wilson to get inside, they, they plug him inside. Garrett Wilson's the featured wide receiver. And then Corey Davis plays the most snaps because he's out there and he blocks on, on two receiver sets. So he's out there. He gets targeted. Davis is not somebody I necessarily want to throw into my lineup unless I have absolutely no choice. But I would put Corey Davis in my lineup before I put Elijah Moore in there moving forward. And that much gets confirmed in a game like this. The other thing that gets confirmed is that without Michael Carter, and that might have only been for this week, but without Michael Carter, James Robinson does not come back in and assume his role. Not Michael Carter's role, his role that they brought him into. He does not come back after being inactive the week before and take back over in a two-man, three-man commit. Nope, that was not the case. He only had four carries in this game. He wasn't targeted once. Zonovan Knight was very much the RB1 of this team. 15 carries, gets 90 yards, a decent performance, and also he had the five catches for 28 yards, getting over 100 yards from scrimmage. Now, he doesn't score in this game, but that's pretty good fantasy output for a guy that we didn't even know what his name was before last week. So Michael Carter, who was doubtful for this week, but was trying to work up the play, Decent shot, I would say, to come back next week. Zonovan Knight and Michael Carter are going to be the two-man committee, I believe, moving forward. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. James Robinson, unfortunately for him, it seemed like his time is over. And I don't know if he gets another shot because he just, they gave him a bunch of work at the beginning of the year. We were hopeful because he actually looked okay. But since then, since September, Robinson hasn't looked like himself. Now, maybe another year removed and, and we'll see because it's Achilles injury. And at least we do have the example of Dante Foreman, which once he got a couple of years removed, he was, he was able to come back to be a very good, a decent player. So maybe that's in the cards for James Robinson because he's a tremendous story. We want to root for that guy. But for right now, for the rest of this season, Robinson's not a factor. So if you have him on your fantasy football teams, prepare to be flushed. Stop it because there's no reason to have him there anymore. On the Minnesota Vikings side of the ball, uh, Jefferson scored. Wasn't a great stat line. 11 targets, 7 catches, 45 yards. But the, the passing game in general is just limited. Again, this Jets defense is, is good. It's good. And they held Kirk Cousins very much in check. And so for Jefferson to still score a touchdown and still give you something fantasy-wise and still have a decent day, it just shows you what kind of player he is. We know bigger days are ahead. Adam Thielen, we talked about him, a little bit about him during the uh, Bummers segment today. and uh, it's, it's matchup dependent whether or not he's a wide receiver three. It's got to be a plus matchup. It's got to be a plus matchup against a perimeter corner because he just doesn't. He's not allowed to play the slot anymore because they they got to feature Justin Jefferson there. So Adam Thielen, it just it has to be matchup dependent as far as whether or not you can even play him as a wide receiver three in your lineups. Hawkinson disappointing for sure. Uh, six targets, four catches, thirty three yards. But the Jets are pretty decent against the tight end, so it's not overly surprising to see him maybe not have his best game of the year in this one. Still will play him as a top five tight end moving forward because he actually gets wide receiver level targets, which is hard to come by right now for the tight end position. And you gotta take some you gotta take some good, you know, silver lining, happy thoughts, hopes, vibes into next week moving forward with Dalvin Cook, who got back on track in this game. 20 carries, 86 yards, and a touchdown looked very good, looked efficient, 4.3 yards to carry. So you're good with that. Nothing much changes for Minnesota. They have some ugly games. They have some really good games, and it'll be interesting for them moving forward. And it's kind of matchup dependent. You play Justin Jefferson no matter what. You play Dalvin Cook no matter what. Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, matchup dependent part as far as whether or not you actually want to play them in your lineups. Uh, this next game, we're not going to spend too much time on this next game. Uh, it's Denver Broncos, the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens finding a way to win 10-9, to having to turn to Tyler Huntley because Lamar Jackson got hurt very early in this game. I believe it was the first quarter. Um, but just going to the Broncos side of the ball first. Latavius Murray dominated the backfield, even with a, an active Mike Boone. Now it's his first game back, so who knows? Maybe Mike Boone will get a little, a few more touches moving forward, but I, I don't know. Who cares? 
I mean, it, you, you take out the usage for Latavius Murray. He had 21 touches. That's usually a good thing for uh, a running back. So we have to still keep that in the back of our minds. He'll still probably be a top 36, a viable flex play due to that kind of usage. But 2.8 yards of carry, you know, 14 receiving yards. If he doesn't score, it's not going to be a pretty fantasy day for Latavius Murray. That, that's essentially what it boils down to. Greg Dolchich, I guess, with his performance, makes himself relevant again because it's like, oh, hey, Jerry Judy came back and Greg Dolchich still was the leading guy. And maybe that's a key, you know, because he's not one of, he's not somebody the defense is going to look to take away. They're going to look to take away Colton Sutton. They're going to look take away Jerry Judy. Uh, maybe Greg Dolchich is the guy who's able to take advantage and, and, and match up opportunities when Russell Wilson actually decides to complete a pass. <laughs> you know, it doesn't make you feel good. And the last thing would be Judy and Sutton, as far as they go, there's no way in hell you could trust them. Sutton, total goose egg in this game. Complete zero. Complete dud. And we He wasn't somebody we wanted to play because when we found out Judy was active, we were like, oh, well, let's not play Sutton then. Didn't think it'd be total zero. But how can you play anything from Denver right now? Like I said, Latavius, due to usage, we can consider him a flex play. Outside of that, forget it. I don't, I don't want to touch this team if I can at all avoid it. Greg Dolchich, an emergency. Ugh. The Ravens side, yeah, like I said, Jackson, Harbaugh said after the game, it was days to weeks, not season ending. So I guess that's the good news. But from a fantasy football perspective, even if it's a few weeks, it could mean the rest of your season, frankly. I will say this. The good news is that Tyler Huntley is very much a viable streaming quarterback. We've seen in the past. We saw it last year. He was he could be a top 12 guy because he's going to run. He did that in this game. He ran for 41 yards and a rushing touchdown. What he gives you in the passing game, of course, is going to be hit or miss, but he has a floor, especially in plus matchups. So if you didn't have Lamar, you're probably going to have to make a point to go after Tyler Huntley. But I will say this, anybody who's been streaming quarterbacks is going to have Huntley on their list. So that's something we're going to have to talk about again in tomorrow's show. Make sure you catch that at 10 p.m. Eastern on the MD's Fantasy Football Show YouTube channel. With Tyler Huntley at quarterback, we consistently see Mark Andrews get hyper-targeted. The other guy who was targeted quite a bit was Demarcus Robinson with eight. Outside of Andrews, I don't know how much, even Lamar was back there. Outside of Andrews, I don't know how much I want to trust or play or even have a Ravens pass catcher, period. Like, like plain and simple. And the backfield is only going to get more complicated if J.K. Dobbins actually does return. So that's the other factor there. So frankly, I'm streaming Huntley. I'm playing Mark Andrews, and I don't want to do anything else besides that. <laughs> All right, our next matchup up is the Washington Commanders and the New York Giants, ending in a tie, 20-20, to 20, a back-and-forth NFC East matchup. And the Giants really should have won this game, but they don't. And, uh, yeah, so now we have the tie we're going to have to deal with when dealing with these records. And right now, every team in the NFC East has a viable chance to make the playoffs, and it's also conceivable that every team in the NFC East does make the playoffs, depending on how the rest of this thing shakes out. I know, it's weird to think, it's weird to say, but that is where we are right now. As far as fantasy goes, on the commander side, Antonio Gibson was a little banged up heading into this game, but Brian Robinson getting 21 carries to Antonio Gibson's nine, and still getting two targets, like not a ton, but he's actually gets a couple of looks here and there last few weeks in a row in the passing game, you have to have a little bit more confidence. Antonio Gibson still had four. Yes, he had nine carries. He was still efficient. 
And we, like I said, he's banged up, so I would suspect that Gibson might have a little bit more of a workload than that moving forward. But frankly, these guys are interchangeable, I believe, as far as who do you want to rank higher. Both are playable. Both are more RB3s than they are RB2s just because they cut into each other so much, and neither one of them is overly prolific given the matchups most of the time. But they are viable plays, and especially as flexes. And that doesn't really change. And I would play either one of them. And just because we've seen Robinson the last two weeks kind of lead the way, again, taking consideration that's more to do with Gibson and his health and where he's at. And there wasn't any reported setbacks. So he could be healthier moving forward. The other thing is that Terry McLaurin is still just proving that with Taylor Heineke, he's a good, solid wide receiver too. Eight catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown on 12 targets. One in a pinch, Taylor Heineke, he goes to Terry McLaurin. And that's, that's all you want him to do. Frankly, that's all you want them to do. So you play Terry McLaurin, you can play the backfield, and everything else is kind of, yeah. Because, you know, Curtis Samuel, seven targets, six catches, 63 yards. Dotson does score, five catches, 54 yards. But if they're not in games where they have to throw the ball a ton, remember Taylor Heineke had 41 pass attempts. That's the most he's had in over a month. They don't want Taylor Heineke to have 41 pass attempts. So usually there's only enough volume for Terry McLaurin, and then the dump-offs to the running back, which with J.D. McKissick out, has been Antonio Gibson. On the Giants' side of the ball, Saquon Barkley scored, but he has a, yet another game where he's just completely inefficient. 3.5 yards a carry, only has 18 yards receiving on five receptions, on five targets. The Saquon Barkley we were seeing earlier in the season is just not on display right now. Maybe gets better as the Giants' offensive line gets healthier. But then there's also that part of maybe Saquon Barkley's wearing down a little bit. Now, I tend to lean more towards they actually have a healthier offensive line. We'll see Saquon Barkley snap back a little bit to what he was because I don't believe he's this inefficient. He's getting all the work. He still has opportunities to score. He's still going to be an RB1. Maybe he's not a top three, top four, or even top five running back every single week moving forward, though. So that, that's what we had to take into consideration. And that comes into play, you know, obviously not taking Saquon out. The reason why that's important to know moving forward is maybe in other parts of your lineup, like flex wide receiver three or RB2, whatever the case may be, you may have to look to take shots with other players. Outside of that, the only other thing is uh, Darius Slayton. If, if all these other receivers are going to be out, Darius Slayton's a viable wide receiver three. Six catches, 90 yards, eight targets. He's the only guy who can really make a play down the field. Plain and simple. It's not it's not always going to be there because Daniel Jones is not always going to be good. <laughs> okay. And he was, even in this game, he was decent. He wasn't great. He just, he played a clean game. But he's the only giant receiver who can actually make a play right now, especially down the field. So if you're a pinch, Darius Lee can be an option that you can have some confidence in. Uh, Jones himself, he ran this game. So it's always, whenever Jones runs, He's always tempting to use from a fantasy standpoint, which I get and I understand because that's always the thing with quarterbacks. That's your cheat code. But he doesn't run as consistently as a lot of the other mobile quarterbacks who like they run every game or, you know, nine out of 10 games. They have a certain floor of rushing yards, like, you know, 30 to 40 with a rushing touchdown. Daniel Jones has these games where he just he's basically a glorified running back playing quarterback. And he has these other games where he has like three yards rushing you know, 40 dropbacks was absolutely terrible. 50% completion percentage if he's lucky. And then you wind up getting stuck with that. And it's not necessarily 
matchup proof. That's the other problem with this. It doesn't, it's not always plus matchups that he goes off. It's not always negative matchups that he doesn't do anything. So that makes him just a very untrustworthy, but tempting streaming option. I think at this point in the season, that's the type of guy that you have to make sure you're avoiding at all costs. Let's move to the Steelers and the Atlanta Falcons. So quick note on the Steelers, Najee Harris was able to handle a full workload, which is a big thing considering he was very questionable heading into the week. He actually wound up not even having an injury designation once we got past Friday, but he didn't practice until Friday. So that was interesting to see there. 17 carries, he gets 86 yards. He wasn't as involved in the passing game, but that's okay. None of the other running backs were all that involved, so Najee Harris goes back to being an RB2 based on volume for the Steelers. Uh, I would, I do want to mention Kenny Pickett, even though fantasy standpoint, I don't know how much this means because unless you're in two-quarterback leads, you're not even thinking about him. But I was very annoyed with what the narrative was around Kenny Pickett coming off the Monday night game, which was some people were talking about, oh, he could beat Joe Burrow and... Oh, he's looking promising. He's looking like he could be the future. And I'm like, he, he was 20 of 28. He didn't even throw for 200 yards passing. And we're praising Kenny Pickett like he turned a corner? Like he showed us something for the future? He's a check down quarterback. That's what he is. That's what he always will be. He doesn't have the arm talent to go down the field. He doesn't read the defenses very quickly. And then even in this game, which he played a clean game again, but 16 of 28, just above 50% completion. Again, only seven yards per completion. Still not over 200 yards passing. There's nothing good about, there's nothing special about this guy. He is Daniel Jones. Some games he runs, some games he doesn't. And that might be his fantasy total or what he does, you know, in general. I don't get it. I don't, I don't, I don't understand the push to just not see what's in front of your faces. As far as the pass catchers go, I mean, it was the same song, different day. Deontay Johnson, five catches, 60 yards, and 11 targets. That's been his stat line every single week. No touchdowns. Pat Fryermuth, it was kind of it was bittersweet for Pat Fryermuth because he gets, he gets three catches and 76 yards, which today showed you that's a good tight end performance. But only five targets. This is somebody who's been kind of leading the way. with starting to show, like, yeah, you might be the favorite target of Kenny Pickett. And he did all of this in the first half. Doesn't do anything in the second half. And a plus match against Atlanta. So it was bittersweet in the sense that you got off to a hot start and then just got nothing the rest of the day. The other big debt let down was George Pickens. So George Pickens, who had started to become a wide receiver two for us kind of consistently, and he gets one catch for two yards on two targets. Yeah, George Pickens was a huge disappointment in this one, but we still know he's the wide receiver. I'm still going to rank him over Deontay Johnson. He's the only one who has the touchdown capability. He's the one who has the big play capability. So that's not going to change just because of this poor performance and what you're hoping was a plus matchup. On the Falcons' side of the ball, well, I can give you the good news. Uh, Well, two pieces of good news, actually. Drake London was actually featured like he should be. 12 targets, 6 catches, 95 yards. The other good news is that Arthur Smith, after the game, finally at least brought up the question of the quarterback position will be evaluated going into next week after Marcus Mariota went 13 of 24. Now, I want to be clear for the record here. I am not a Desmond Ritter fan, nor think he's going to be some kind of NFL gem. But Mariota cannot keep putting up these kind of performances and us just being like, yeah, it's cool if you just throw him out there. We cannot pretend like the Atlanta Falcons have any real hopes for any kind of playoff Super Bowl run and pretend like you can't just like, all right, let's just see what the young guy has because we're we're playing for next year. 
Like, stop pretending. And if that means he locks into the number one target, then for fantasy football purposes, I'm all about it. Because what what we had at Drake London today, the target consolidation around him with no with no Kyle Pitts available, that's what we should have. But we know with Mariota, it's not always what we're going to get. I think with Desmond Ritter, it'd be a little bit more of a guarantee, at the very least, that Drake London would be the top targeted option every single week. I think there's more of a shot for that to be the case. So I'm in favor of Desmond Ritter just for what I think it means for Drake London's usage. As far as the backfield goes, it does seem like it's finally down to two. Now, I say that with caution, because every time I, I we think it's down to two, then when all of a sudden Caleb Huntley and Avery Williams get involved for absolutely no reason, and it's back up to the three or four. But the past couple of weeks, we have seen it be Patterson. We've seen it be Tyler Algier. So at least now, you can start to look at those guys as RB3s, as flex plays, because you're a little bit more concrete in that they're going to get double-digit touches. And they do in this game. Patterson, 11 carries, 60 yards. It was efficient. Tyler Algier was efficient, too. He had 10 carries and 52 yards. Neither one did anything in the passing game. Last week, we were hopeful, like, okay, Patterson had four targets. Maybe without Kyle Pitts, they'll make more of a point to get him involved and he didn't get a single target in this game. So it just goes to show you, you still want a touchdown out of Cordero Patterson if you're hoping for a decent fantasy day. Otherwise, you have to deal with the fact you're probably getting somewhere between 12, 10 and 12 carries, and it's whatever he does with those carries is that that's what you're going to get. So you want to try to stick to plus matchups when you do have to play him. And he's more of an RB3 than anything else for you. And I don't really want to play Tyler Algier because he still doesn't really have the touchdown upside of a Cordell Patterson. So he's going to be consistently outside of my top 36. Uh, let's move into our next matchup. We got the Browns and the Houston Texans. Of course, we had a lot of storylines in this game, and we will start with the Browns side of the ball. And I kind of mentioned it a little bit already at the beginning of the show when we, had, we want to talk about the thumpers and bummers, but man, Deshaun Watson, I, he didn't look good in preseason game. He looked very rusty. I was counting on the idea that he was going to be rusty in this game. I was counting on the idea that the Cleveland Browns defense would dominate and Nick Chubb in the ground game in general for the Browns would do enough to just get the win. And we really likely might not see much out of Watson as a result. He didn't just look rusty. He looked awful. Awful. Like there's there's rusty, there's there's missing certain spots with your throws, and there's looking like you have no arm talent. Deshaun Watson, which I know isn't not true, and it should, it will get better moving forward, but he looked like he didn't even have arm talent coming into this game. So whatever that was, I have no idea. You better hope he gets better. If you if you were riding and holding on to Deshaun Watson, hoping he could be your unlock piece to get you over the hump the rest of the way, but this was not good. If you have Amari Cooper, if you have Donald Peoples-Jones, I mean, hell, even the running game to some degree, you got to be a little bit concerned if Watson's going to be that limited if it doesn't improve largely and fast. Because even Nick Chubb, he gets 80 yards. He's efficient. But 80 yards against Houston Texans? That's disappointing. That's unacceptable. This is an all-time bad run defense against what's supposed to be one of the best rushing teams in the NFL. And he gets 80 yards on 17 carries against the Houston Texans? That's not, and no touchdowns? That's not, that's not the fantasy day you're supposed to have with Nick Chubb against the Houston Texans. Are you kidding me? So it's just a lot of bad vibes all the way around unless Watson gets drastically better and fast. And then it calls in the question, what is Amari Cooper's value now? What is Donovan Peoples-Jones Jr.? Uh, I keep want to call him Jr. I don't know why, but what is Donovan Peoples-Jones value moving forward? I, he gets Donovan Peoples-Jones gets the punt touchdown. So if you, if you, if your league scores that as a touchdown, which it should, by the way, for DPJ, 
he saves your day. But it really throws everything in the question right now unless Watson gets a lot better and fast. And it's potentially, but it wasn't just Russ today. It was bad quarterback play. And if I didn't know he was Deshaun Watson, I would say this guy's not an NFL quarterback based on what I saw today. It was more just Rust. On the Houston side of the ball, the volume keeps Damian Pierce as an RB2 because he got 18 carries. You just can't ignore how much he gets the ball on a per-game basis. Three catches, 22 yards, and three targets. But if he doesn't score, you're not having huge fantasy days. Plain, plain and simple. And he can get taken out of game plans because Houston is just so... <laughs> They're so bad offensively. If you had the Browns defense, that's the number one scoring defense of the week. Plain and simple. Kyle Allen, not an improvement over Davis Mills, by the way. I don't know what you're trying to do with Kyle Allen. Not that I'm a Davis Mills fan, but I don't I don't see why we're bothering with the Kyle Allen experience experience anymore. Just go back to Davis Mills. <laughs> like this is this is beyond bad. So outside Damian Pierce, we don't care about anything else fantasy wise, the Houston Texans. So let's just move on to Jacksonville and Detroit. Detroit. <laughs> Blew out Jacksonville 40 to 14. This was disappointing. I thought we were gonna have a back and forth game. High scoring. They did they, they hit the over. I guess that's the good news for our bets and everything. But Jacksonville did not do anything offensively. Trevor Lawrence, we thought, might have turned a corner, might have actually showed his like I talked about. It. I thought against the Ravens, what we saw might have been like the the bell going off for Trevor Lawrence in his NFL career. He did get a little bit banged up in this game, and I do have to wonder how much did that hinder him. He was able to come back. And everything like that. So we expect him to be fine moving forward. But I do have to wonder how much did that hinder him the rest of the way? Like, was he in pain and anything like that? Because he just, he didn't look like himself what we've seen over the past few weeks. 17 of 31, 179 yards, a touchdown. He'll probably want to be one of my quarterback zeros of the week, uh, potentially, maybe. I, I have to go back and look at it. But definitely not the performance we were looking for when we ranked him as, you know, top nine quarterback. And Travis Etienne, his first game back, he had to play him. We still have him right to an RB1 because the match against Detroit. And he did lead the way. It's not like he got outworked by anybody. 13 carries. The next closest is Lawrence himself. But running back-wise, it was Snoop Connor with one carry. So it's not like Etienne came in and had a share of workload. He didn't. It's just in general, the offense came in for the Jacksonville Jaguars and completely disappointed across the board. The only guy who came through for you was Christian Kirk with six catches and he gets over 100 yards. He doesn't score, but... You'll take over 100 yards and eight targets, especially when you look at the rest of the stat line for the Jaguars offense. That was just mind-boggling. I don't really have an explanation for it, but my thing would be it does it should get better because Travis Etienne is still a really good player. He's still got all the volume. That's the good news there. No setbacks. And we know Lawrence can be better than this. On the Detroit side of the ball, they're trending back to what we saw in the beginning of the season. They they got through their little slump, their little hump, and now last couple of games, they've been playing much better football. In this game in particular, I mean, Jared Goff, so much for writing him off and not wanting to stream him. 340 yards, two touchdowns, one of our thumpers of the week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. 
so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. And that led to Amon Ross St. Brown having a great game. And even DJ Chark was relevant in this game. Jameson Williams, by the way, looking forward to him. He only had one target in this game. We knew he wasn't going to play that much, but let's hope he maybe make a bigger impact. We'll see what he is. Probably not going to be anything for you fantasy-wise in redraft leagues this year, though. Just probably not really going to happen. But we talked about the positive signs for DeAndre Swift because he made one of our thumpers. His usage went way up. Only one less snap than Jamal Williams. His touches in the double digits. He's getting back involved in the passing game. He's still finding ways to score. Even now carried Jamal Williams for the first time since week one in this game. Vibes all the way across going up for DeAndre Swift. I'm St. Brown and even Jared Goff maybe gets considered again a potential uh, quarterback for us moving forward. Let's talk about the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. So Jones re-aggravates his shin injury. The good news, I guess you could say, for the Packers, they have a bye week next week. So if it looks like you're going to make the playoffs anyway, I would suspect Jones will be close to 100% healthy come back week 15 because it wasn't doesn't seem to be too serious of an injury, and he'll have the extra week to get some time off. So that's the good news. With Jones out, A.J. Dillon was good. I mean, 18 carries, 93 yards, picks up a rushing touchdown. If you had to play A.J. Dillon as an emergency flex, we had him hovering around our top 36 area. It wound up paying off for you because Aaron Jones got injured. But when Jones was out there, especially early in the game, he was dominating the backfield. He was leading the way. That's that's why he had five targets and five catches and 24 yards and very limited amount of work. All right, And he had nine carries for 26 yards. It was all pretty much early on in the game. He was leading the way. It wasn't until after he got hurt that A.J. Dillon actually started getting significant work. Uh, so we expect that to be the case. Or A.J. Dillon will be you know, more of an RB4 if Aaron Jones is actually healthy and playing. So we still only want to really view him as a handcuff. That didn't really change in this game at all. Um, the other note, of course, is you know Christian Watson. <laughs> he just finds a way to score. It's uncanny. Here's... Here's what I'm going to say with Christian Watson. Obviously, you have to play him because he's got eight touchdowns in four games. Sure. They're going to the bye week this week. Usage-wise, it screams regression's going to come. And I think everybody understands that because, again, eight touches in four games, it's not natural. It's not normal. It's not something you can expect to continue. You're going to feel like you have to play him, but six targets again in this game. He had six targets last time, too. Not great. You can't count on a 46-yard touchdown run to, to come save your fantasy day. So just a lot of things across the board that make me a little bit weary that Watson could have a really bad floor and we're not going to see him again until we get to the fantasy football playoffs. So it could happen in your most crucial part of the season, but how you're not going to play a guy who has eight touchdowns in four games. So it's kind of a, a catch 22 situation. I think when it comes to Christian Watson, it's uncanny on the Chicago side, who also has a bye week next week. Uh, the good news is Justin Fields back in action. If you think you're going to make the playoffs and you picked up Justin Fields, you're not worried about the shoulder injury affecting his scrambling ability. He had another 55-yard touchdown run in this game. 254 yards passing, which is that's pretty good for him off 2025. The problem was no passing touchdowns. He did have two interceptions. But all in all, Justin Fields having a very nice fantasy day. David Montgomery, he gets the job done, right? 14 carries. He scores. He gets 61 yards. He had four catches for only six yards, but he still had four catches on five targets. It's not pretty. It's not exciting. But David Montgomery, with the volume he's getting, gets the job done. But 
again, we were not going to see these guys until week 15 because they have the bye week next week. Khalil Herbert could be back by then. So if he is, if he's not getting all that volume, I think Dave Montgomery slips into being more of a low-end RB2 than the high-end RB2 that we've been ranking him as because of the volume that he had been seeing. The only other note I have for Chicago is that uh, Cole Komet, seven targets, six catches, 72 yards. I think we have to consider him a top 12 tight end as long as Justin Fields is out there and playing. All right, let's move into one one of the games of the week. We get to the 4 o'clock window. The Miami Dolphins and the San Francisco 49ers. So Tua does pick up an ankle injury. It happened late in the game. My big thing that I took away, from, and I watched a lot of this game because I was looking forward to it, especially as a San Francisco fan, which was very bittersweet today. The win was great, but losing Jimmy G for the rest of the season kind of sank, kind of sinks any Super Bowl hopes that I had for this team. So it was kind of a bittersweet day. Uh, but getting back to it, Tua struck me as a quarterback that, you know what? I think you're crumbling under pressure. If you play a, a team that can get a good pass rush off, especially if you don't have Teron Armstead available, and that, that, that can make all the difference in the world. Trust me, a, a left tackle, a good left tackle who can, who can really protect your blind side, that can make all the difference in the world for sure. But he does not look like the same quarterback without Teron Armstead out there, especially if you're playing against a good pass rush. He had happy feet all day, which messed with his fundamentals, and that's why a lot of his throws were off. The wide receivers are open. Waddle, when he was in there, who also got hurt with a leg injury, we'll have to see what his prognosis winds up being. And Tyreek Hill, who still had a huge day, could have been even bigger. They were wide open all over the place, but two is consistently either behind them or too high, and that comes from his fundamentals getting messed with because... He did, you know, he was under pressure. He was under duress, and he kind of crumbled a little bit into it. For a fantasy standpoint, he was still okay. 295 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Not a great day, but okay. And I don't know if you're expecting a great day out of Tua, considering the circumstances and the matchup that he was in anyway. But that was the big thing that stuck out to me. Uh, Tyreek Hill's awesome. Nothing else to really take out from there. And like I kind of mentioned during the running back bummer segment, we're going to have to go back and try to do some research here because I don't know yet. Again, we record this show Sunday night. So these games just happened. We'll get more information over the next upcoming days and we'll keep you up to date. And you know, when we get to our preview shows, we'll know more. But being that we didn't hear, or at least I didn't hear about a Jeff Wilson injury during the game for him to only get one carry compared to Raheem Mostert's seven, we got to figure out exactly what was going on there because there is fantasy value to be had in this backfield. You want to figure out where it's coming from. And if you can trust it, <laughs> Jeff Wilson, that was a very odd situation. So more to come on that situation. When we flip over to San Francisco. Yeah. So Jimmy G gets hurt for the rest of the season. It's going to be Brock Purdy. He knows the offense. Even if they bring somebody in, it's going to be Brock Purdy. They don't have a better option. Yes. Debo. Brian Ayuk in particular, George Kittle, all their ceilings and their weekly values have to come down. Brandon Ayuk probably takes the biggest hit because he had been really emerging as a nice receiver. And you're going to look at the box score and you're going to say, oh, you know what? He had nine targets. So, you know, the volume is still there. Birdie's never going to hit big plays. That that's he, he doesn't have that capability. He doesn't have a good arm. It's going to be check down city. So Ayuk might still get targeted, but he's going to become very, in my opinion, touchdown dependent the rest of the way for his fantasy value to pay off. Debo is a little less affected because without Elijah Mitchell, he'll get more worked in the carries he had for today. And we know that his big thing is what he can do after the catch. And this offense is very much going to have to set up for him to make plays after the catch. He has six catches for 58 yards on 10 targets in this one. 
it benefits Christian McCaffrey. So a couple things benefit Christian McCaffrey, right? Elijah Mitchell's out. He gets 17 carries as a result. Jordan Mason gets eight. They're going to be in more competitive game scripts, most likely with Brock Purdy as the quarterback. They're likely going to want to lean on the running game even more. And being that Purdy is such a check down guy, that's going to lead to Christian McCaffrey getting stat lines like 10 targets, eight catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. So it benefits McCaffrey. Everybody else has to get lowered. The Kittle thing, I don't think it really changes. He's a roller coaster ride anyway. The talent alone keeps him as a tight end one, but there's no floor there on any given week, no doubt. That that doesn't really matter if it's if it's Jimmy G or if it's Brock Purdy, frankly. So it affects Ayuk negatively. I think it actually helps McCaffrey's floor a little bit moving forward, at least the volume standpoint. So that's how we're looking at this Brock Purdy situation. And for San Francisco, you know, it's just we're going to have to wait and see what happens and what they're able to do. And can he at least be competent enough to keep this offense moving in the right direction? That's a big question. He had a good game against Miami, sure. But we've seen backup quarterbacks come in and have decent performances and then get smacked back down to reality because they're not actually that talented. And Purdy could very easily fit that description. We'll see next week when they play Tampa Bay. All right, let's talk about Seattle and the Rams. So Seattle here, they do win the game. The Rams made it interesting for them. We weren't expecting them to. Like, How is the Rams going to move the ball offensively? How are they going to do anything? Is John Wolfers a starting quarterback? You know, they, they got no receivers. They're down to Van Jefferson and Ben Skronik. Uh, they have no Aaron Donald on defense. Well, the, one of the big equalizers for them this game was Kenneth Walker getting injured early in this game. He had three carries for 36 yards. And he just, he like, I don't, I think he just rolled his ankle in a weird way. It wasn't like a bad hit or anything. He had a run off to the sideline and it looked like he kind of just stepped funny and rolled on it. And you immediately saw him kind of like come up gimpy. But he was able to jog off the field. He was able to walk off to the locker room. But when he came back, he was on the sideline, heavily taped his foot up. You just kind of knew he wasn't coming back in this game. My hope is, we don't know yet as of recording this, my hope is we find out it was a low ankle sprain. It's not going to be anything serious. But again, something we'll have to find out. We'll get back to you on social media at Show. In his stead, DJ Dallas and Tony Jones kind of split work. But then DJ Dallas also got kind of banged up too. So that's kind of more why Tony Jones got as much work as he did. And even that, so before you go and say, oh, okay, DJ Dallas is the handcuff. Well, you got to keep in mind here, Travis Homer wasn't active. It's likely DJ Dallas and Travis Homer, if they're both healthy and active, would split work in, in the process of Kenneth Walker if he is, in fact, missing games. But the hope is maybe it's just a low ankle sprain. Maybe he's got a chance to play on Sunday. Because otherwise, I'm just going to kind of stay away from the Seattle backfield. As you expect, if Ken Walker's out, then they have to lean more on the passing game. So Geno Smith actually threw the ball 39 times. That's much more than we would expect him to going into this game with what we expected the game script to be. And that's why he has a pretty nice fantasy day because he hit Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf a bunch of times. Lockett had 12 targets in this game, nine catches, 128 yards, and a touchdown. DK Metcalf had eight targets in this game, eight catches, 127 yards, and a touchdown. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
I'll say this, if Walker misses games, you love Lockett and Metcalf all that much more. We had them both ranked as mid-level wide receiver twos. Really nice to see these performances here. We know the target consolidation is there. If the volume for any reason is going to tick up on Geno Smith, that is going to greatly benefit those two guys. On the Rams side of the ball, um, look, Cam Akers got two touchdowns. So, so much for the people out there thinking Kyron Williams is going to be leading the way on this one. Uh, three carries in this game. That's it. Three carries. Two Cam Akers, 17. I don't think you, this not, I'm not saying that you can trust Cam Akers now. What I'm saying to you is that do not, under any circumstance, play any Rams player on your fantasy lineups if it's a game of importance to you in any capacity. <laughs> Plain and simple. I thought maybe with Walford, you'd have a chance for Van Jefferson to be something in this game. He only had four targets. And this is a game was back and forth. <laughs> it's all gimmicks, smoke screens, and mirrors. That, that's it. That's all it's going to be for the Rams from here on out. Avoid them. They are a fantasy black hole. Tell you what's not a fantasy black hole. That's the Chiefs and Cincinnati Bengals. So big game here. Bengals winning at home, 27-24. That was my pick, by the way. I said the Bengals are getting disrespected being underdogs at home against the Chiefs team they have recently owned. And I was right. I didn't hit my Patrick Mahomes stat line, though. I thought that we would get a little bit more scoring in this game. So Mahomes only 16 of 27, 223 yards and a touchdown. Here's the other thing I got to say. <laughs> Excuse me, I got frogs jumping in my throat. Here's the other thing I got to point out. This Bengals defense also gets no respect. There's no superstars on the defense, so I think that's part of it, obviously. But all they do is shut down good teams. All they do is play good. And they're not just a good running team. They also play against passing games really well. You just held Patrick Mahomes to 16 of 27 and only 223 yards and only one passing touchdown in a big game that they had circled on their calendar. That says something. <laughs> That's a big deal. So keep that in mind moving forward, too. Obviously, better days are ahead for Mahomes. Better days to be ahead for Travis Kelsey. Juju Smith-Schuster is still probably the only wide receiver I care about. You know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he had technically two more targets in this game, had a bad drop, made one big catch, and, you know, who cares? He's Marquez Valdez-Scantling. We, we know what the song and deal is with him. Uh, Sky Moore was barely a thing. He wasn't even targeted in this game. So outside of Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, and occasionally Juju as a wide receiver three, depending upon the matchup, the other, con- the other consideration was the backfield. You know, Jerry McKinnon was a little bit banged. He didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. They were a little bit concerned, but he did get the practice session in Friday. And he looked fine in this game, too. He had eight carries and 51 yards, uh, tacked on two catches, nine yards, and a receiving touchdown on two targets. So he, and we had him ranked inside the top 36. Full point PPR is where I think you can play McKinnon. Otherwise, I don't really want to touch him too much. But Isaiah Pacheco, for yet another week in a row since being given. The lead role, especially with Clyde Arzalaire out of the way, this continued, one, to still be a two-man committee. Melvin Gordon wasn't a thing as long as both Pacheco and McKinnon were available. Part of it could be him still learning the offense. The other part of it is that, you know, Melvin Gordon just might not, you know, it might just be a name. You know, it might just be a guy there to fill in a depth piece while Clyde Arzalaire is out. I think the other note to take away here is Ronald Jones didn't get a touch in this game, period. So after last week where he got a little bit worked in and it looked like, like okay, they're going to try to do like a, a mini three-man carousel here with Ronald Jones now, Clyde Ozlaire inactive. He didn't even get a touch in this game. 
And Pacheco performed well. 66 yards, 4.7 yards carry, gets a rushing touchdown. I think Pacheco is going to be a low in RB2, high in RB3 for the next, next few weeks. Because as long as he keeps having performances like this, there's no reason to take his role away from him. It's never going to be a high ceiling, necessarily, unless he breaks one. But yeah, I, I would expect him and rank him to be the lead running back of the Chiefs moving forward. That has tremendous value. That belongs in your fantasy lineup. So that's the good news there. He's converting when given those opportunities in the goal line. McKinnon still gets work, unfortunately, in the goal line, which is annoying. But Pacheco's taking advantage of his opportunities doing well, and that's why I don't think his role is in danger of disappearing anytime soon. On the flip side, you go to, you go to I'm going to say Minnesota for some reason, you go to Cincinnati, and uh, Burrow is just, he was just fantastic. 25-31 is one of our quarterback thumpers of the week. I'm shocked by his rushing number. That's not something, that was a nice little bonus that you're not usually going to get, okay? So we know that going in. But when he has all his weapons, when he has Jamar Chase, and he has got T. Higgins, and he's got all of his guys out there, he didn't even have Joe Mix in his game, but Joe Burrow is just good. And he's playing another level. He's taking another step, and that's all you really need to know. Jamar Chase, his first game back, good. Eight targets, seven catches, 97 yards. I don't know if you could really, truly hope for more than that. I mean, of course, I'm sure you have Chase. You know, you want the big 150-yard, one, two-touchdown performers as you always do. He has the capability of doing it. I get it. But his first game back with an injury that we know has a high risk of re-aggravation at any given moment. For him to have that kind of stat line right away off the bat, that's promising. Now you know, like, there's no questions about his limited ability or is it going to be a snap count? Is he hindered by it? If he's healthy, he's good to go. He's Jamar Chase played in simple all the day. Hayden Hurst to pick up an injury in this game with a concussion. A shame. He was also one of our streaming tight ends of the week. Didn't quite go his way. Got injured. Can't really predict that. We'll have to see if he's able to get through it going into next week. T. Higgins, at least he scored. And that saved his fantasy day. But only three catches, 35 yards on five targets. We're going to be back to, like, sometimes, some days, it's going to be T. Higgins. Sometimes, some days, it's going to be Jamar Chase. You might have a couple here or there where it's both. You might have a couple here or there where it's neither. They're kind of kind of eating to each other to some degree here and there. That's the unfortunate part of it. But at the end of the day, they got to be both be played. <laughs> Plain and simple. Because they're too good on too good of an offense. The only note here, Joe Mixon missed. Samaja Perrine, very much continues to be a viable replacement for when he's not out there. Nothing else really new to report there. We have good, we know good things now for Jamar Chase moving forward and Joe Burrow taking the next step up in his production. We move on to our, our last game we're going to talk about for today's show. Uh, that's the Chargers and the Raiders. So Keenan Allen, it's a little uneven here. He gets 14 targets. That's great. And that's what you want to kill on. You want the double digit targets. Six catches, 88 yards, touchdown. You'll take that stat line at the end of the day. The problem was that 35-yard touchdown that he had to kind of, I wouldn't say saved his fantasy day because he wasn't really doing too much up until that point, came at the very end of the game. So Keenan Allen, I think conditioning-wise, he's still trying to get back up to what he was, and I think that's part of it here. A couple more weeks in, I think he will get better as the season wears on, assuming he doesn't you know, hurt himself again at any point. So I will say that's, that's the good news. You love the volume. You want him to continue to get his conditioning back and better. As long as he doesn't have a setback, he and Allen will continue to be a high-end wide receiver, too. And without Mike Williams, the only guy who can really make a big play in a key moment for the Chargers. Um, the bad part here is that Austin Eckler wasn't that great against the Raiders. Now, he still had five catches and 67 yards, and you'll, you'll take that all day out of a running back. 
But once again, just very inefficient on the ground. 10 carries, 35 yards. Joshua Kelly played uh, a decent amount in this game, taking away quite a few carries. He had seven in his own right. But here's the other interesting note about that. To me, it's the Raiders were a team that you, you're salivating at the mouth to play your running backs against. But the last couple of weeks now, they've been playing much better team-swarming football, especially against the run game. They're not the same easy run team. I'm not saying that all of a sudden I'm not going to be happy to see the Raiders on my schedule when I have a running back against them, but they've been making it more of a point of emphasis to try to stop the other team's rushing attack and not be so pathetic. And they've been playing better on tape. You can see they are tackling more so as a team over these past few weeks, and it's really starting to hinder a couple of guys with some disappointing performances and what you thought should be a smash matchup. So something to kind of keep an eye on if that trend continues here moving forward, but I mean, that, that's going to change anything for Austin Eckler. And we'll have to see if Mike Williams is able to make a return next week. He did a little bit more, I believe, on the sideline during his rehab, but still technically did not get any practices in last week yet again. So we'll have to see that situation become fluid. In his stead, Joshua Palmer also had 11 targets in this game, seven catches, 60 yards. He is still a flex option if Mike Williams is not out there. On the Raiders' side, I feel like there's nothing new to report. The ball goes to Josh Jacobs, who had 26 carries, by the way. So, again, calf issue, not hindering him at all as far as the volume. And they even have a Thursday game. I thought there was a chance they could maybe wheel him back a little bit, knowing that they have a short week coming up. Nope, 26 carries. Don't care. Devontae Adams, fantastic. They catch the ball no matter what. Everything else is kind of eh. Derek Carr can maybe be streamed if you absolutely have to. Outside of that, I don't want to touch this too much. Moreau will always be kind of in the streaming category. But again, you're hoping for a touchdown. Otherwise, it's likely you get a dud performance. So those are all things you have to kind of take in consideration moving forward. All right. That's going to do it for the show. That's what we know. Those are our thumpers and bummers. We'll be back tomorrow with our waivers and saviors, with our heroes and zeros. I hesitate on the primetime recap. Um, we probably will at least do the Sunday game. but. There's a chance that we might have to do the show. We might have to record the show a little bit earlier than we normally would, which might wind up being before the Monday night show. So we may not have the Monday night recap for you. We'll see exactly how that plays out. But regardless, we'll at least have the heroes and zeros. We'll have the waiver saviors heading into week 14 and the Sunday night recap. So everybody make sure you come back for the Tuesday night show at 10 p.m. Eastern on our YouTube channel. Subscribe that we get notified when we have the new content available to you. Check us out on your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with the show while you're on the go. Give us that five-star review. It really helps us out. And follow us on social media at Show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, and guys, have a lovely, lovely evening. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. 
Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. 